Hello, 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 and welcome to the 10-Minute Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Stefan. Thank you so much for checking us out. We have a very special guest on the show today, my good friend Corey. He is a an attorney by day, the MVP of the Attorneys Basketball League by night, and a diehard Golden State Warriors fan. Corey, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you so much for having me, Stefan. This was a good night. Good night to be a Warriors fan. 126 points put up by the Dubs and a 41-point victory, so not too bad. I would say it was pretty impressive. Hit me with some of your thoughts on this game. Well, like Game 1 and Game 2, it's really all about the bench players from both teams, or at least the tertiary players. If you look at the stats tonight, Kevon Looney had a massive impact. Put up four points with five personal fouls, but a massive block, and he just really controlled the the pace defensively. James Harden only had 20 tonight. He was shut down on multiple occasions by just kind of random guys. Steph Curry was involved as well, played a lot better defense, mm-hmm. and really just the help defense overall, I think, was the key. Andre Iguodala, can't say enough about him, 34 years old, and yet plus 26. It's incredible, just yeah. doing all the little things that they needed to do to win. That was pretty impressive. Yeah, Kevon Looney had a couple of really good plays where you saw his handles. You saw that he could actually score, which really surprised me. Yeah, it's not something we've seen much. Got to watch him a little bit at UCLA during his one year there, and he wasn't a scorer. I think he averaged something like 11 points a game and 12 rebounds or so, but he really didn't do too much on the offensive end. He's improved a lot. And really improved a lot over the past month. So it's been kind of a a revelation to see him step into not necessarily the starting lineup, but six-man, seventh-man role and really make an impact. Thoughts on Quinn Cook tonight and his performance? Well, Quinn is, some say, the MVP of the team. That's my wife. That's what she has to say because he's six feet tall and has good hair. But anyways... He actually, you know, he came in off the bench in garbage time, had 11, really looked good, and is making himself some money for next season. But aside from a couple of the bench players, you got to give it up for the starters as well. Steph with 35, really coming on in the third quarter as usual. Kevin Durant continuing his stellar play. Klay Thompson only had 13, but played good defense and and moved without the ball well. So they really just had a great all-around effort. And then once Steph went off, it was all over. Yeah. What would you say would be maybe the – biggest adjustment that they made from game two to game three tonight I think the help defense was much better especially the not even the first rotation to cut off Harden or Chris Paul or whoever was going to the rim but the second rotation coming out from a wing player to stop Clint Capella from getting those easy lob dunks that he likes to get and that really sparked the offense for the Rockets Capella had one early on but after that he didn't do much offensively yeah and by that point the Warriors were able to rotate out to the corners, cut off the shooters, and force them into going to the rim where, honestly, the Rockets missed a lot of layups throughout the game. So so really that, that defense, the rotations uh, throughout, and just better on-ball defense as well. I mean, Harden went for 41 in game one, obviously a loss, but was yeah. super effective in game two as well. Didn't do much today. Mm-hmm. Do you think it had anything to do with them playing at Golden State versus playing at Houston and him getting some of those superstar friendly calls being at home versus now they're at Golden State and not getting some of those calls or yeah that's a good question I mean I think they called the game a lot tighter Mm -hmm. we were discussing this as we watched yeah it was a little surprising some of the ticky tack fouls that got called and so I think that helped the Warriors a bit yeah 
However, I just think it was was a great effort by the dubs, and obviously Oracle's always rocking. I know from personal experience, it's just so much fun. Yeah. Even if you sit way up top, it's just so loud yeah. for playoff games, for regular season games, even for preseason games. Mm-hmm. So fun. You just can't afford to go anymore. Yeah. Sad. <laughs> I mean, that's a good problem to have because it means that they're winning a lot. So. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, It's been a... Fun few years as a Warriors fan, especially after so many, so many tough years. Yeah, I definitely agree. What do you think that Golden State needs to do um, in game four to secure the 3-1 three, three lead? The biggest thing is just have Steph continue playing like he was in the second half. Mm-hmm. If we have him playing like that, and then either Clay or KD, and I mean KD's been on a tear, so you don't see him slowing down anytime soon. Yeah. If you have both of those guys scoring, or two of the three, you're in good shape. If you have all three, it's it's pretty much a dead game deal. over. Yeah. So so that's the biggest thing. Continue the good defense, and really just get contributions from all over the place. I mean, we haven't talked about Draymond at all, and he had 17 boards tonight. 17 boards, 10 points. Looks like six assists. Yeah. So not a triple double like normal, but still, I mean, he was everywhere. Yeah, 17 boards is pretty ridiculous for someone who's six foot six. Yeah. Yeah, and who's guarding bigs all the time, and really, you know, his versatility is change the game in the NBA and we see the small ball lineups all over the place so yeah without Draymond I don't know if that change would be as ubiquitous as it has been so far mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about uh what you think should happen next season so I know um in the past you've had the opportunity to meet you know the GM of the Warriors and talk to him and have some experience you know in, in sort of looking at contracts and drafting contracts if you were the GM or assistant GM of the Warriors next year what are some moves that you're making to ensure that this dynastic run continues yeah that's a great question uh, shout out to Bob Myers he's a great guy got to work with him briefly at law school in a cool clinic we were able to do so it was fun to learn a lot about the CBA and just kind of think about constructing a roster mm-hmm. something that as a player growing up, and even as a big fan, I never really paid attention to. Yeah. Um, looking forward, obviously you want to secure your big four. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Steph locked down for a long time. Katie's on these one-and-one contracts, so he can kind of leave whenever he wants yeah. to a certain extent, but at the same time has already taken less money once. Mm-hmm. So I would expect them to try to keep the band together in that way. Looking forward to got Clay coming up in two years. That could be kind of the defining end point, theoretically, yeah. of this of this run. However, Clay's also kind of the most humble guy, really, in the NBA, as far as his interviews and just his lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So I could s- see him really staying on, taking less money, to be able to play with these guys. Yeah. See how many titles they can win and see if they can be one of, if not the greatest teams of all time. Mm-hmm. However, I mean, the real key is being able to bring in veterans. Someone like David West, who didn't play tonight and I think has had some injury issues recently. Guys like that, you can almost always find someone who's chasing a ring, yeah. who can be a solid contributor. He's retiring at the end of this year, so it'll be interesting to see. Zaza could kind of go either way. <laughs> He's been played out of the lineup a little bit. But yeah. some of these young guys, too. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've talked about Thon Looney. He yeah. could be important and with his play, has probably earned himself a little money. Uh, someone like Patrick McCaw, too, who's completely out of the rotation after that scary fall. Mm-hmm. I think it was about two months ago, but seems to be doing okay in general life, but really hasn't made much of an appearance on the court. Yeah, Those guys could be significant moving forward. you got to find ways to get players cheap. Mm-hmm. The Warriors are in such cap uh, <laughs> hell, essentially, that yeah. finding anyone 
really aside from maybe like a mid-level exception guy though they might not even be able to get that exception yeah uh, so it's going to be a lot of minimums and rookie deals and and then veterans chasing rings so mm-hmm. it's a good problem to have but a problem nonetheless so yeah. maybe, you know three years from now it could be a different story but right now you just kind of try to roll with the guys you have and and see where it goes yeah uh, my last question to you, which I asked actually our good friend Russell when he was on the podcast as a Lakers fan, I asked him this. Um, if you were the commissioner of the NBA for the next season, what is maybe a rule or a change or something that you would implement that you think would benefit the game going forward? It's a great question. I think one of the big things, and this is discussed by a lot of people, is to do away with the conferences for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It makes sense conference-wise, in the regular season, because you're not traveling, like, let's say, from New York to L.A. all the time. That's just too much travel, and the guys are too tired. The product suffers. However, just put the best record at the top and go from there. Yeah, Uh, We've seen LeBron James dominate the East, with the East being weaker literally for the past, what, nine years, eight years? He's made the finals, and this could be year number nine. It just hasn't been as good, and the route has been easier. Mm -hmm. Nothing, Nothing taking away from that. I mean, it's an amazing run, but... I don't know. It's been a little tougher out west. So yeah. I think that could help cutting down on some of the technicals. Obviously, at the beginning of the season, there was a lot of discussion about the ref player dynamic. Maybe the Players Association could get together and, mm-hmm. and find out a way to resolve some of these issues. Yeah, uh, It seems to, be a, seems to be better in the playoffs. There hasn't been as much complaining, it seems, and, and fewer just dumb technicals. Yeah. But I don't know. It's something to be addressed. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, any closing thoughts and or prediction on what the Eastern Conference Finals is going to end up being and who's going to be in the NBA Finals and win it this year and who's going to be Finals MVP? Well, I got to say the Dubs. I mean, they're the prohibitive favorite at this point. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to go and win in five now. I think the Rockets have some, some game left to play, as we saw in game two. Very well could be a 2-2 series going back to Houston, and then things will get tough. But I don't know. I think the Warriors will win. I think whoever comes out of this conference will will definitely win. Yeah. It's been fun in the East. The Celtics are a really exciting young team without their two best players. Yeah, So crazy. I'm, you know, fingers crossed that they make it and make it interesting just because, I don't know. The Cavs are the Cavs. They're a mess. <laughs> yeah. They have LeBron. He's yeah. amazing. But otherwise, they don't really have much, and I don't know how much of a fight they could realistically put up against either of these teams. It's very true. Whereas, at least the Celtics have energy. They have mm-hmm. a lot of guys to throw at someone like Kevin Durant, uh, even someone like James Harden, if the Rockets happen to make it, yeah. uh, which, don't get me wrong. God forbid. That God happened. forbid, yeah. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I'm not not expecting that. But yeah. but I do hope it's a, it's a Warriors-Celtics finals in the end. I think it'll be an interesting and exciting series because, really, the Celtics are taking a lot of the concepts that the Warriors use with – a lot of off-ball movement, mm-hmm. penetration, uh, a lot of guys who can handle the ball and switch on defense. I, I mean, I think they're the future of the league, yeah. to be honest, with guys like Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, yeah. even scary Terry Rozier. <laughs> He's been a, been a shock, really, in yeah. the playoffs and, and a lot of fun to pay attention to. Yeah. So. Finals MVP predic- prediction? I got to go with Steph. It's got to be the year. Okay. I, I've wanted him every single year. And, you know, Iguodala was a great choice in, in year one. And obviously, Katie deserved it last year. Yeah. But I would love to see Steph go and average 35 a game and, and just kind of put those comments to rest. Yeah. But, but honestly, any of these guys can go off on the Warriors. It mm-hmm. could be Clay yeah. for, for all we know. And the way he plays on both sides of the ball could do it. Realistically, could be Draymond as well. So, That's true. So, really, 
just winning the title would be awesome again at this point and I think solidify this Warriors team as yeah. one of the best ever. So. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Corey, for joining us on the 10-Minute Basketball Podcast. And maybe we'll have another episode next week, depending if it keeps going in Game 5 and 6 and whatnot. If not, maybe we'll have a finals episode when that happens. So thank you very much, and have a wonderful week, everyone. Yeah.